0: The Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. Who is
1: Space Case Sarah? Spunky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist.
0: Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio.
1: Hello, space enthusiasts. Welcome to the Space Case Sarah Show. I decided to start recording as we were discussing. Things that that happened in movies or TV shows or whatever that we had irrational fears about afterward. Like I started this with the reference to the acid lake in Dante's Peak and the grandma <laughs> pulling the rowboat through it. And I I was like, that is it. I will never move anywhere close to a volcano ever. ever. <laughs> like I I it like so you I, know right. Uh so yeah, okay, welcome to the Space Case Era Show. We're uh, in the, what is this, the third episode of season two? Season two. That's correct. Dos, dos. And what is our element? I have absolutely no idea.
2: Today's vanadium is vanadium. type. Thank
0: you.
1: Why should we care, Kavi? What?
2: I I never promised to make you care. I never promised. I never said that you should care. Um, no, vanadium Vanadium is kind of like, um, it, it, it's almost like the steroid of metallurgy. Uh, basically it's really useful for enhancing other metals by itself. It's kind of like, eh. um, but it is used a lot in titanium alloys and steel, uh, like high performance tools that are, that are made from steel uh, or from iron Um 89 percent of anything in the world is used to like make them harder, better, faster, and stronger.
1: That is a, a Daft Punk song, right? It is.
2: <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Look at you with, with your with your modern references to kids these days, and they're they're hipping and hopping. We are
1: I rock space radio, and we do yeah. play Daft Punk. So, we do. We do. which makes sense.
2: They're space we robots, at, French space. Here robots.
1: we are. We're 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 a. Uh, we're keeping it all connected right now. Benjamin. With his safety bat and his tardy grade. <laughs> These are like, if someone yeah. should make a cartoon of you of like the bat and the tardy grade and-, <laughs> and some
0: Legos just there
1: <laughs> and like Lego towers falling behind him. Someone make that happen. Um- yes.
0: I'm <laughs> gonna draw a picture of me holding a baseball bat with a tardigrade on my shoulder in a world of tumbling <laughs> Lego towers.
1: And someone's like, "This is oddly dystopian, kind of almost angry. Like, what? Mm. What the bat? What's with the no? Bat?
2: It's like baseball. <laughs> What's with the What's
1: with bat? Comfort bat. <laughs> Benjamin, by the way, for anyone who is tuning in and going, what? Are you talking about? Uh, in season one, Benjamin introduced us to his emotional support bat. It is a wooden bat. And every so often, he grabs said bat and clutches it for dear life. And It's <laughs> not an emotional support bat.
0: It was next to me and it <laughs> fell over and I caught it and I tried to be quiet about it. Like Kavi called it an emotional support bat. It's just a bat, but now I love him dearly.
1: <laughs> so he does. So it's a self fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> What what are, uh, what are whose birthday are we celebrating? What's happening today, <laughs> Benjamin?
0: Uh, this is our Vanadium episode, and it's going to be airing on January 21st. So happy January 21st astronaut birthday to Joseph Tanner, who flew on four shuttle flights that helped in the construction of the International Space Station. And happy scientist birthday to, I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Bengt Stromgren, uh, the Danish astrophysicist who pioneered ooh. the present day knowledge of glass clouds in space. There's the Stromgren, Stromgren sphere, is named after him, which is mm-hmm. the sphere of ionized hydrogen around young certain class stars. So, Kabi can wow. elaborate, I'm sure, because.
2: <laughs> well, he smart. just got
1: really excited. He was like, ooh. ooh
2: I know this guy. <laughs> Why know- do they have a cookie monster voice, though? <laughs> I know this guy.
1: You can <laughs> oh, Kermit, sorry, I can yes.
0: Cookie Monster.
2: It's, <laughs> you're,
1: he's the Kermit
2: voice. It kind of sounded more like Yoda, like when you repeat it. It's like, hmm. Strong with the ionization you
1: are. Know the
2: scientists I do. Fan <laughs> of a sphere I am. Studied him well, I have. Studied him well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I just banged my microphone. um I was you my you it this
2: episode. No. Me, you <laughs>
1: do it. Yes.
2: something is wrong uh, in the matrix. Sarah's banging the microphone. Benjamin's doing so astrophysics. What am I meant to do? <laughs>
1: I saw a meme that reminds me of a meme Uh, I saw the other day where it was like (laughs) astrophysic I just (laughs) missed this one saw saw a meme meme (laughs) the inception meme meme (laughs) (laughs) meme meme. (laughs) wow (laughs) it's all about
0: meme isn't it
1: biology or biologist messes up creates mutant virus physicist messes up creates like dark hole you know black hole a geologist messes up Rock on table, now rock on floor.
2: (laughs) Uh, It's funny (laughs) because it's not a science.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mazinga.
1: Wow. Shots are fired in season. We should probably bring in a geologist now.
2: Oh, we should. Duel
1: of the sciences. (gasps) That could be a really fun episode.
2: Uh-huh. Duel of the Have, Sciences.
1: Uh, duel of the Sciences, yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. We're going to discuss today about uh, space tourism, mm-hmm. both on Earth and off Earth, and kind of the evolution of that and how it's continuing to evolve. And and um, I think it's kind of a, a fun topic also to bring up because I am like very much the model citizen of a space tourist, because I just saw this morning, uh, Elon tweeted that Starship is going to have another attempt at a launch soon. The picture was really cool. And I'm like, you know, I have this small trailer that, um, is very easy to, to, you know, to and fro about the country with, and I'm like, do I want to drive down to Texas? No, no, no. But that's what, that's kind of what inspired, I think, my, my thought process behind this episode, because right. A rocket launch inspires a whole wealth of tourism yes. and it's not, you know, like it's, it's, but it's not just that there's also people who are like, uh, you know, the, the new, uh, suborbital hop kind of things. Some people are referring to those astronauts, if you will, more as astro tourists or astro. Yeah. So we're going to talk about it. But uh, before we, oh, we yeah. do that, let's uh, remember to follow everyone on les social media, right? The yes. clickety clackety socials of the médias, and we <laughs> I think we we teased it last week, but it really like we're really we're gonna be on all the platforms. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am Space K Sarah. You can find me as such everywhere, and you can now also listen to the Space K Sarah show everywhere. Season one, the complete season one, is now available for your streaming pleasure. I mean, I don't really enjoy listening back to myself that much, so I can't imagine why anyone would want to do that. But no, I'm just joking. (laughs) Put the bat down, Benjamin. Um, but yeah, follow follow me on social media, Space Case Sarah. I I just like to have a good time. So follow me there, guys. Introduce yourselves and where to where where people can find you.
0: I am Benjamin from Science Actually. Uh, you can find me primarily on Facebook slash, uh, actually science, or you can go to science, actually.com and you find all the links to all the different places that I am. Thank you.
2: Okay. You, when you're done looking at all the fantastic memes on Benjamin's Facebook page, you can follow me at Fun Fact Science on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram. I already said Instagram. Again, Instagram. And also <laughs> on my website, FunFactScience.com. And also, did I mention Instagram? Instagram. You should go
1: on think Instagram. I've never heard of it. Is it is it Instagram.
2: Uh, Instant gram. I think that it's, it's a service that you get a gram cracker instantly when you press on the button. <laughs> yeah.
1: I recently was at a party and someone had just gotten for Christmas a, um, a Polaroid camera and they were like, eh, and I was like, this is big full circle moment. Right. I don't know why Instagram makes me think of that, but. They've been coming yeah.
2: they've been coming back into uh in, into popularity. I feel like it's just like a cool thing to bring out at parties, uh rather than like it oh, used magnets. Did you guys go through that? You go to like weddings and celebrations yep, yep. for family events I, and like, I've- get magnets. Remote-
1: I might have done that myself. Um, so yep, now they do yep.
2: Polaroids. They'll have like Polaroid cameras on each table, or a few of them circling around, and people get like awkward, you know, Polaroid photos, and everyone's shaking it and yep. singing the Outcast song, and then there's one guy in the corner. <laughs> Actually, you're not meant to shake them. It affects the distribution of the ink on the paper.
1: <laughs> Was that? Is that you? Is that you in the corner? About a year and a half. I think what? about a year and a half
0: ago or so, my daughter, a teenage daughter, um, one of my teenage daughters, uh, <laughs> uh, she had a really fun app on her phone. It was great. It took a square, somewhat grainy-ish photo, but then you don't get to see it for an hour. It was like a development type <laughs> process, and you turn it. It was a fun little app that kind of gave you the quality of a photo plus the exciting joy of seeing what it's going to look like in an hour wow I it was the funniest it was the funniest thing it's oh. you can st- still use a phone to take regular photos while that app's photo is quote unquote developing but it was the <laughs> most ridiculous thing i loved it it's Do you guys so watch the full office?
1: circle yes
0: i have seen the office
2: so so i'm like i'm embarrassed to say that like I'm, I'm now almost finished my first watch through i you know not done it when i was younger and um There was an episode where Erin, the secretary, is using a disposable camera. And she, like, takes a photo and then throws out the camera. She's like, I just really don't get (laughs) it.
1: Oh, I miss that show. I haven't seen it in a while. But, yeah, isn't that funny how, like, gosh, such full circle. Like, when I got into photography if you will not really even but you know just old enough to be like i want to take pictures it was so exciting that you could take you know your cameras to walgreens and get one hour right processing right (laughs) now and now look now look at it we're back to square one (laughs) polaroids (laughs) well uh not taking polaroids at rocket launches though because i don't think that would work out super great um let's talk about uh the space tourism space I think that space tourism, if we're going to really take it back, I think that we can see kind of an origin moment of space tourism with the World Fair and Mm. the, you know, the, the, the attraction of the World Fair and all of this futuristic spacey kind of stuff that was proposed. Those were huge. I kind of, I'm sad that we don't do things like that on like a grand world scale anymore. Um, But I like that was that was big. And that influenced and, and shaped people like Carl Sagan and Walt Disney. And you know, then Disney went on to create his theme parks that were very spacey themed, um, Epcot Center and stuff like that. And so um there's always been this, I think a a bit of a phenomenon of space and space tourism mm. in a way. Mm-hmm.
2: Um when, when I look yeah. back at like the early days of Space tourism. Um, there's um, this documentary made called "The Orphans of Apollo," and it was about a group of um, entrepreneurs who tried to buy the Soviet Mir uh, space station because mm-hmm. like, the idea was, you know, Mir was being decommissioned, and they said, you know, what mm-hmm. a shame! Like, why can't we take this? Why can't we privatize it? They uh, founded a company called it was a company called Space Adventures, and they were trying to rename Mir as MirCorp. The, the whole thing kind of didn't work out. It's an interesting documentary to watch but it's like that generation grew up during like the height of the space age with like, as you were saying, like all of this hope and and this expectation that there would be, you know, this continuing exponential growth in the space industry that never really happened because I guess, I don't know, maybe because the, the, the Soviet competition, that environment that had been fueling space exploration petered away and, we kind of had to restart it. It's weird. Like you look at a timeline of space tourism and you can see it like all building up to the early 2000s and just a break of like, you know, over a decade until there was more space tourism. It's kind of strange.
1: It is. It's interesting. Yeah. And and when you're saying that hope, that hope, you saw it. There was a big shift in in our pop culture of space because it was cowboys and Indians, you know, like that was, that was what was on TV. And then Sputnik went up and then suddenly it shifted to space. I mean, even our, our Iraq logo is a little bit of a nod to uh, Sputnik with the, with the little spikes in the, um, the little peaks of it. Suddenly then you have these TV shows and, and um, cartoons like the Jetsons and yeah, like so futuristic and hopeful. And mm-hmm. I think that, also has spurred a whole maybe not space tourism, but you know, you have these like Star Trek conventions and you have all these, you know, like people that that go to places to come together for their love of space and space science and space science fiction. And and so there's there's yeah a movement that just is very interesting. It's a very interesting phenomenon. <laughs> Welcome back to the Space Case Sarah Show with my space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. We're talking about space tourism. And we started by bringing up, I brought up the World's Fair. Which I still, I'm so bummed that we don't do things like that today. I just think that that was, I don't know, that just would have been, I don't know. It's also, I guess it's one of those things too, that it's probably, it was though though. the, the, the the, the industrial revolution and, and the, you know, like those moments in time, you can't quite capture it probably the same way now as it was back then, because electricity, you know, <clears throat>
2: was... It's a different uh, zeitgeist. It's like Yeah. I feel like we, we're so overexposed to science fiction now, that yeah. when we would see something, if we go to a world Fair now, it'd be like, eh, you know, I've seen better stuff on,
1: right you know, right the yeah Ants
2: or whatever, insert show name here. I, and Post I,
0: I look up that, everything online anyway, so you don't really. Yes, mean, the world is constantly now in a world's fair.
1: I think that that's Ooh. also why people aren't as interested in space science, like real space science now, because they're like, well, where's the hyperspeed? Like, where where's the, <laughs> where's you the know, warp like, drive? Yeah, where's the warp drive? I, I don't understand. So, right or wrong, I guess that it's changed the way we we uh idolize space, but that idolization, I think that was the ground you know zero for space tourism is definitely the Apollo astronauts like that definitely was you know people people came to Florida just to go to the bars that they knew that the Apollo astronauts might be Mm -hmm. in you know so there there was an intentional crafting of the like iconic hero status of these, these men. And it, of course it built up an, an industry. I'd say that an industry that still is, you know, some of those restaurants and stuff still exist down they are. At Cape Kennedy. So they are, I have not uh, been there.
0: <laughs> Speaking of space tourism, I've been to Kennedy in Cape Canaveral area for a couple NASA social events. We can get to what those are later. And, um, Uh, The group of people that I went with said we should one of them said we should go to this restaurant because all the all the astronauts go to this restaurant. All right, fine. Sold. That's all I have to say. And we went. And sure enough, the walls are covered with pictures of astronauts or other members of the uh, other crews that have eaten there and they're all signed and everything. And then I found out as we went to other restaurants, uh, the older ones anyway. Every single one of them has framed photos of all the astronauts that have come through. It's a very, very big deal. It's a big part of their culture over there. And I love it. It's great. There's always someone somewhere who knows, like, oh, astronaut so-and-so always came here. He loved the
2: the chicken wings or whatever it was. (laughs) Whatever. Whatever on the menu.
1: Yeah, he used that passive.
2: bathroom over there.
1: <laughs> and he was in there for
2: 15 minutes after the chicken. And he didn't
0: have a cell phone. So what does that
2: tell
1: you? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, um, actually, no, it's kind of funny that you, you mentioned that um, uh, Yerkes Observatory, which is considered the, the birthplace of modern astrophysics, is very close to my house. And so when I was a kid and we would take tours there, again, kind of space tourism, um, no one actually knows where Edwin Hubble had his office. Like there's no record of like, which room did he actually use when he was here studying? But they would tell us that on the tour, they'd be like, touch this doorknob Hubble, Hubble touched this doorknob. You'd <laughs> be like, okay, Hubble touched it, you know? And then later I found out people are like, yeah, no one, no one has any idea like which room was used for <laughs> what, like no one kept any records of who was, who was using what space. So, um, but <laughs> uh, yeah, they, the Florida is obviously the big one, right? Florida and Houston, um, there's you know right. museums there. there's lots of reasons for space history and maybe bumping into important people in space presently to go there. You know, you can most recently see, space tourism really blossoming when we had our first Artemis launch attempt in the summer, this past summer. And like everyone and their mom seemed to be down there at that time. And -hmm. everyone's taking pictures with each other and they're going to the restaurants and they're doing all these things. I mean, there's definitely when there's a, especially a historic first launch of something or something significant, Mm -hmm. it draws the masses. And I think that is so cool. Like it's, to me, it's better than like, a concert concerts pull in hundreds of thousands of people right to me the the, uh, there's something about that launch it's a first it's a first that's why i'm telling you the super heavy down in texas i don't
2: (sighs) i feel like i don't know i'm it's like this weird jealousy i have because both in terms of the history and also the ongoing stuff there's so much that the space industry is just like localized to america uh, to to the united states. Like, sure. There are there are there are, there are more and more things being done in australia um you know launch sites in the northern part of the country and and the australian space agency in uh in adelaide but like it's not on the same level. We don't have that same history. Um so yeah, definitely if people are listening and they have the ability to go down to florida and to to see a piece of this history themselves or to witness a launch like just do it. Just do it. Do it now.
1: I know. I know so I want to. But yeah, it, it is. It it's unfortunate for anyone who's not near these space coasts. Um, I mean I'm not super duper close to the space coast. I'm within driving reasonable distance compared to where do you live. So um
2: <laughs> I could not drive from Australia.
1: No unless I'm no. driving in chitty uh,
2: chitty bang bang.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's I guess maybe the downside of space tourism compared to say like going to a concert. If you're going to a concert, you know that the concert's going to go unless that artist for some reason is sick or something like that. Whereas yeah. rocket launches are very they're very impromptu, right? You, you, right? you might see it, you might not. And so it's um really? it's one of the risks. And so I think that's why that it's also good that there are those museums and other things to see to get your space yeah. fix if you will because it uh helps Soothe your pain of making that effort to go there and and not actually see a launch. But
0: I think just about every NASA facility has a visitor center. Mm-hmm. I so think so. You can, so you can go and just you know look around and learn a couple things. I know near where I live is uh, NASA's Ames Research Center, mm-hmm. and um, you can't just walk into the research center. There is armed guards and stuff like that, but there is a uh, visitor center right in front of it. And there's a moon rock in there. So if I wanted to, <laughs> I'm about 30 minutes away from just walking up to looking at a moon rock. So so cool. If, you, if there's one near you, please do check it out. It's actually quite nice.
1: Yes. I think there used to be actually one kind of close to me. It wasn't obviously a NASA center, but there was like a NASA outreach sort of museum thingy thingy. Someone told me about it, but I don't think it's open anymore. Anyway, there is, there is a lot of things to do. To go see and get involved with with space on the ground, but we also wanted to talk about space tourism. See, and see, see. <laughs> there is more than just tourism for those who have earthbound ambitions. There are people who also have spacebound ambitions and very deep pocket books, pockets <laughs> deep, deep check very deep pockets, um, deep pockets. who uh are able to actually pay their way to go to space so the og mm-hmm. space tourists who was the first benjamin i think you know who that is dennis
0: tito paid 20 million dollars to hop a ride aboard a russian soyuz in 2001 20 million bucks to go to the international space station uh nasa and wow. the european space agency both said uh no don't take this guy to the space station he's not trained he's not part of any you know mission or does not coming for any scientific research and Russia said stop us and, <laughs> <laughs> and so they did he just paid him 20 million dollars and uh he did all the flight training and he went up there and he spent about a about a week or two and that's it he's just a very wealthy guy he just, he just wanted to go and that was it. And Russia in total sold eight seats between 2001 and 2009 for anywhere between 20 and 35 million dollars a pop.
2: That's insane.
0: And they all went to the space station and nobody wanted them there. And they didn't
1: I was just going to I was going to ask you that. So, like, imagine you are this astronaut who got selected. You know, they, they train for like five years plus before they go up and, you know, you. Mm-hmm finally get up there and then they're like hey um don't get mad (laughs)
2: yeah
1: dennis and dennis dennis won't really know what to do about you know running the facility so you're just gonna have to kind of take care of him
2: just keep him away from the doors.
1: <laughs> Don't uh, teach him how to use the toilet. I know, I know, I know. But you know, there's nuances on how to use the toilet. You got to teach him that. Um, <laughs> we went there. We went there.
2: <laughs> uh, toilet humor.
1: Here we go. Uh, Look, fun, right? fun fact. Yeah.
2: The second guy <laughs> after Dennis Tito. To go to space, and and all of these um, astronauts who you just mentioned, um, who flew all these eight, all flew on the Soyuz. The mm-hmm. second one, his name was Mark Shuttleworth. Shuttle. Oh
1: flow. my god! Ah. That was wait, hold on, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, that
0: was I'll a great one. <laughs> okay. <up>. I- <laughs>
2: He's actually uh, the guy who developed uh, ubuntu the the uh, Linux- based uh, operating system um oh, so well, yeah so thanks for that maybe
1: Mark. purposeful in some way I don't know I I don't right I guess how how would NASA stop how, how like I guess I don't know that's a, that's a that's an uncomfortable situation to be in right yeah. uh, as a collaborative organization with other countries and mm-hmm. I guess you know by all means we probably have done, maybe not to that level, but we've done things too, where we're like, well, this is what we're doing, and probably Russia would be like, wait, we don't know if we like that, and it's like, it will stop us. <laughs> so I, you know, it's, um, I guess it's sort of like a sibling relationship where mm-hmm. you're, you know, you're in the same room, put a little duct tape down the middle, and uh, everyone <laughs> tries to play by the rules. <laughs> That's
2: um, the, the duct tape has to go all the way around because the floor is... <laughs>
1: There's a NASA and the the astronaut doing a spacewalk out there. (laughs) This is my side of the space station. (laughs) But uh, so the so this person who first started it, what was his name again? I'm sorry, I keep thinking Danny DeVito, and it's something. That is Dennis (laughs) Tito. (laughs) Dennis Tito.
2: (laughs) Understandable mistake.
1: (laughs) He um he he set the precedence. And, you know, we see this happen in so many different things where one person does something and then a bunch of other people are like, hey, I didn't even know that was an idea. And so then others have followed mm-hmm. um, up until even very recently. We've had, you know, commercial paid people go to the ISS. We had um, the, the last guy was that Japanese one yes. that we, we've talked also about. On- I
0: still use. <laughs> <laughs> also okay, one of okay. okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So
1: and but he's the one who's doing the Dear Moon project. We've talked about mm-hmm. him. Here. Yes. So this this concept of commercial astronauts has been kind of it's it's stirred the pot. It's definitely oh, stirred the pot. We're talking mm-hmm. about space tourism on the ground, but now in actual space. Becoming an actual space tourist. So it started with people going to the ISS, which in my opinion is that's big level space tourism. That's that's
2: huge.
0: huge. And it's kind of the the place to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> True. The moon. I, like, I think, think that once it right? it's a thing, yeah. going to the moon is so much more like space yeah. touristy. You get a zero G and you get a view.
0: And there's no parking, yeah. so you just circle around and just give up and come back.
1: <laughs> I, do, I do think that the moon is going to be, that's like definitely... New frontier for sure for space tourism. The way that it's 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 shifting now, though, is all these private companies. Mm-hmm. So before it was either Russia or NASA. That's how you got up to the one place you could go, as you rightly right. have stated. But now, now we have SpaceX, we have Blue Origins, we have Virgin Galactic. Virgin mm-hmm. Galactic is like setting up with the intention of space tourism. Like they're not even, they're not even playing around. They're not even like yes, yeah, so we're going to do some some research and stuff. Uh, Blue Origin is saying that, you know, they're going to do some research on their suborbital ho- orbital hops. But Virgin Galactic is like, nope, we are. Well, I, I think that they do have people going and doing some like spacesuit test flighting and, and stuff like that. But they, like, they're like they like space, you know, space tourism. I mean, it's in line with the brand of Virgin. It, it makes yeah. sense. Um, so that is, that's the next Step in our space tourism, which actually yep. brings you a little bit down a notch from staying on the ISS, but right. getting to get to, and again, this is where now the FAA has stepped in and there's been all these like language changes of, you know, like that no one even really had ever heard of the Carmen line until Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic gotten a little beef with each other about who's. Oh, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's rockets going higher? <laughs> yeah record's higher than yours um. I,
2: th- I think it's it's like probably for the best like i, I understand that there's a need to differentiate between a professional astronaut and somebody I who so receives too. the title of astronaut i I think space tourist is a little bit demeaning because there's still an incredibly intense amount of work that has to go into it, and it's not like hopping on a bus like you are training you do have to you know push through some trials but it's not the same level as a nasa astronaut yeah
1: i don't like, know i would say that no
2: i was
1: <laughs> yeah i i i also i'd have to say blue origin it's kind of like hopping on a bus
2: Oh, sorry. Oh, yes. I'm not. I'm not thinking about Blue Origin so mm-hmm. much. The Blue Origin stuff is it, it's tourism. Yeah, I'm thinking more of the um, the recent Axiom Space mission or the first Axiom Space mission. Oh, yeah, yes. One.
1: Okay. So, like, going um, up, up.
2: Yeah. If we're talking, we're talking about people on the ISS, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's what I was referring to. And so, in that case, they, you know, they weren't just hopping, you know, technically past the common line. They were going to the ISS. They were living on the ISS for. Like over two sure. weeks, even though that wasn't quite what they planned. And in addition, they were doing research. They were doing research. They were doing educational outreach. Like that was logistically very intense. I know people who worked closely on that mission. But but you can't call those guys space tourists, right? No.
1: Right. Yeah. No, I see what you're saying now. It's that, that private uh,
2: astronauts.
1: I, private <laughs> astronauts. Sure. Yeah, those those definitely took more work, and I would argue that there is also like a difference between the Inspiration Four versus like the Blue Origin and stuff like that, yeah, right? Super. And and that's where the line of definitions is going to have to be redrawn as we continue to move forward in this new form of space tourism, because like we were mm-hmm. we've talked about multiple times, the Dear Moon Project, they're going to go and orbit the moon, yeah, but none of them have any professional astronaut experience. None of them have ever really even, you know, the intention of that program was to bring people who were artists and like non-astronaut material type of people. So it's so it's interesting because, right, how do we define an astronaut? Because it's kind of like, well, just getting to space now might not qualify you as such. So I, I think it's fair to say that there needs to be new language probably developed for this. Yeah,
0: when How- Russia was selling tickets, I think for the 8 or 9 years that they did it, only eight they only sold eight tickets, but since 2021 when Bezos first went and uh Richard Branson first went, there's been like over 45 private space tourists that go up. 45 people and they went up for a fraction of that twenty million dollar price tag as well. Right. Still a lot of money. But yeah, it's getting cheaper and it's it is now literally a regular thing. There's a blue origin flight happening more often than people actually know.
1: Yeah.
2: How yeah. often are they going? Why wouldn't they tell us? Because you're not a billionaire and they're it's not conspiracy. selling. To you.
1: It's because the earth is flat it could and be. it's a giant cover up. Hobby. that's
0: why they blue origin doesn't go around it just goes up <laughs> and down yeah.
1: and they, they do something to their windows it. to make it look curved but really it's just it's you know they're just screens it's probably it's yeah. just this huge birds aren't real
2: birds are yeah. cameras
1: yeah as exactly. we <laughs> <was>. <laughs> you don't know you oh, don't gosh. know the birds are the birds are part of the bourgeoisie
2: Come yeah on. Wasn't that the whole point of COVID so that they could keep everyone inside while they change the batteries and all the birds?
1: <laughs> Obviously. <laughs>
2: Benjamin's um, face right now is real. Like, <laughs>
1: this is the ultimate uh, space tourism. It's all a hoax. Is that an
0: actual conspiracy theory? <laughs> yes,
1: it was. <laughs> is, was there's, the a guy who has, there's a guy who really, he like, he has an organization. Birds aren't real.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. The website's incredible. It's so
1: good. How do we all keep right. getting these I'm like bird,
2: now. I just gotta bird mind-blowing
1: facts? Like,
2: <laughs>
1: like toilets and birds. Apparently, are like our thing. Like toilet toilets trips and birds, birds. toilet jokes, yeah. like poop. Yeah, poop jokes and and birds. It's, ber-
2: it's birds and toilets all the way down.
1: <laughs> but looking ahead to space tourism, what it will become, I know for a fact, you can book. Or Reserve your spot for the Voyager Hotel, which is a planned space hotel that's supposed to spin and create, you know, artificial G-forces so that you're not floating in -hmm. space. I don't know. It's like so, so futuristic. Uh, But supposedly you can already reserve your spot for that. So we have those kind of things that I guess who would have ever thought that you could pay your way to go to space back in the 90s. So... Um. We're sitting here in, you know, the 2020s by the 2040s. Who knows what's going to be happening? But the moon in particular, that's going to be that's the next big. I don't know. That's the next big jump for space Mm -hmm. tourism. That's the next
2: big rock, the closest to our big rock. That's the moon. That's the next big rock.
1: It is. You know, it's within a reasonable time distance to get to. You know, mm-hmm. Mars tourism is is not going to probably happen in our lifetime by any means. I
2: tourism, know, I'm so down. sorry, we'll get people on Mars.
1: <laughs> we will, but I'm saying I don't. I don't people think that tourism it. is going to happen for a long time. It's too far. It's too dangerous. It's it's too much. But the Moon is very doable, right? You get there in less than three days,
2: right? There's so there's an interesting um, what's it called? I think it's called a Space Hut uh, project. Project Moon Hut um it's this really interesting uh, uh foundation that's basically working on developing all of the things that we would need on the moon um basically to like to create a base on the moon a private base on the moon in preparation for doing all these things on mars right because if we're eventually if we want to do these things on mars we have to test them in a place that it's much closer to you know yeah. earth right because you want to test stuff on mars it'll take six months to get the stuff there and then a few months to set it up and then six months to get it back whereas the moon and, you know it's a couple of days flight away and you can just like test everything there and if there's like you know a terrible situation that happens um you know help help is around the corner well
1: around
0: help is available
1: help is the on the way <laughs> think of I, I like, think that I'm kind of like, my, my imagination is kind of running with this. So I can imagine national governments setting up these simulated Mars bases on the moon. But then when the Mars thing actually happens, that could be like a future tourism thing in its own right, where it's like, come and see what the astronauts on Mars, what life is like for them on Mars, you know, coming onto the moon. Watch that I excel. Think,
0: uh, uh, <laughs> more people going to the moon is going to happen a lot faster than people anticipate. I think we're going to have a lot of people on the moon. I think we're going to see people on Mars sooner than we think. It's tourism on Mars, I agree. Not, maybe not during our lifetime, maybe. But definitely, before I'm gone, I'm, people have gone yeah. to Mars and come back. Where are you going? I can't wait. Huh? <laughs> on Mars and come back.
2: Oh, okay. You have, uh, you know,
0: before I'm gone, as in the final I'm gone, as in the, uh, you know, pushing up daisies <laughs> on to visit the choir, invisible oh
2: you're switching switching careers to gardening is that, is that what you're saying? Yes, yes,
0: when I become a permanent gardener
1: a permanent, <laughs> a permanent
2: fertilizer
0: <laughs> an internal gardener
1: when yeah. you give back your energy gardener. to the system Entropy. Uh, (laughs) It'll be, it will be, I think it will be thanks to capitalism. We will, we will see how quickly it will develop. And that is, you know, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about capitalism nowadays, but there, there is some, there is some good to it. I know in the sense that it does help push advancement and it's not a perfect system, but it's kind of like democracy. Nothing is perfect. It's, but it helps. It helps. So we'll we'll have to see. Um, so question. I mean, I pretty much know the answer. Would you book a vacation Seven. on the moon?
2: Oh, without thinking. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: I would love yeah, that. Th- That'd be so much fun. That
1: mm-hmm. would be. It would be really cool.
2: I could finally dunk. <laughs> yes.
0: Okay. I could bring watch. My, there'll be. My, my, my- I can bring my safety bat and hit a home run See, easy.
1: There'll be ski like ski and surf <laughs> resorts on moon regolith. <gasps> Ooh! Right, mm. go go on a ski trip in the uh, in the moon highlands 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 whatever. Anyway, this has been a conversation about space tourism and how we're all sitting here like. Yay, in our little homes. And maybe we'll go to a space museum because we're talking about ski resorts on the moon. <laughs> um, well, we're going to wrap up this show. As a reminder, as always, you may follow all of us on social media if you wish to make your lives a little more tortured. <laughs> um, you can also follow iRock Space Radio. And until I stop promoting it, I guess, I'm assuming that you can still sign up for a crew club We love to give out T-shirts. Yeah, Um, get a T-shirt. They're very soft. They're cozy. They are, and they don't shrink. I'm horrible at doing one. They don't. They don't shrink. They're they're quality T-shirts. And uh, yeah, follow us on social media. Make sure that if you haven't heard season one and you haven't gotten enough of us, go check out our episodes on all of the platforms. Wherever you prefer to stream, we are there. I can I almost like that. guarantee you that, so
2: cool. that. Everywhere. And everywhere.
1: everywhere. And when the aliens come and they're like, this show drove us so bananas and we want to take you out, we will completely deny that who we are and just claim <laughs> Like, I, I don't know who space case I think it was is. just nice Who's to that? know
0: that they were listening. That's nice.
1: <laughs> at least someone cared. And, enough um, to come and take us out. <laughs> the <way> to <laughs> <And destroy laughs> us. They're
0: like, man, these, at least these three guys have a gun.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. You have been <laughs> listening to the Space Case Sarah show. Please join us again next week, and uh, thanks for listening here on iRock Space Radio.
0: You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. A production of iRock
1: Space Radio. Go to irockspaceradio.com for more.